All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Blue Brother Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. Brandon, how's your week so far? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, and uh, we always seem to be behind the eight ball on things, but uh, happy belated Mother's Day to any uh, listeners who are mothers or, I mean, everybody's got moms, so happy Mother's Day out there to everybody. We're here recording on Monday night. We typically do Sunday, but since it was Mother's Day, we pushed things back. So did uh, anything special happen for you guys yesterday or just kind of a chill day? No, we just kind of hung out, um, and we had a cookout. Uh you know, just kind of spend some time together. Nothing, nothing too elaborate. How about you guys? Uh, well, my wife and daughter were both sick, so we did absolutely nothing. Oh. So it was a little bit of a bummer, but I mean, it worked. Uh, it worked out that I was able to help. We were actually supposed to go to um, my in-laws, but since half of us were sick, I stayed home and took care of them. So it is what it is, but. You know, there'll be another day for getting together with family and cooking. I mean, we're all in the state, so we see each other relatively often. Right. So it's not too bad. But yeah, here we are on Monday, and actually quite the uh, Monday that it is. We always kind of during the off season are poking around different topics and things like that. But sometimes we have them fall right into the middle of our lap, as uh, we will be bringing up here shortly. But before all that... Did you know that we have a segment called Did You Know? Um, All right. So this for you this week comes to you from the aquatic, the depths of the sea. The life aquatic with Steve Azuzu? No. (laughs) But somewhat related, maybe. Mm. Did you know that starfish have no brains? I didn't know that. Yes, there you go. You know, make you smarter every day. Maybe that's why Patrick is the way that he is. <laughs> that I, would make sense. That's I legitimately why he said thought that. is an instrument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately thought about that though when I when I found this one. I was just like, oh, I wonder if they actually pulled some real characteristics into SpongeBob. Oh, well, not SpongeBob the character, but the show. So I don't know. I'm not sure. It'd be kind of interesting to it know. It wouldn't surprise true. me if they did. Yeah. I mean, the whole story, too, about what what's it called? Bikini Bottom, whatever. Mm-hmm. Isn't that where they did the nuclear testing, too? Or I think uh, so. Yeah, I heard, like I heard there was a, a kind of a lot of subtle things put in there that apply to real life so but there's a there's one for you i don't know how many creatures animals out there have no brains but starfish have no brains i'm starting to think my dog doesn't have a brain yeah you always seem to be tweeting out some very interesting stuff <laughs> like that but you gotta love them mm-hmm. but, but i don't have to love my dog <laughs> Because it's not my dog. Right. So let's let's make that perfectly clear. It is not my dog. It is barely above that of a rat. <laughs> not much bigger than a rat either. No, not really. For those of you who don't know context, my wife, before we were ever together, had a chihuahua, which is 11 or 12, and just in no hurry whatsoever to 
depart this world and just lingers. <laughs> Which uh, I feel like it would be an appropriate place to play Lingers by the Cranberry, so. <laughs> yeah, maybe just a little bit. That linger. All right. Anyways, so uh, getting off on a rapid trail there far enough. Uh, we always do bring each week uh, Brandon's scary set of the week as well. So hit us up, Brandon. What do you got? Uh, my scary stat has to deal with one of the most feared hockey players in history. Um, and it's the player uh, Dave the Hammer Schultz. So with a, with a name like the Hammer, you know he was a big goal scorer, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, for those of you that aren't, you know, too into hockey, um, I know you're not really a huge hockey fan. Uh, but the way penalty minutes go is that you'll have your minor penalties like tripping or hooking or something like that. Like, you get two minutes for that. But if you get if you like start a fight with somebody, usually you get five. And then there's also a 10 minute major misconduct. Okay. But in the 1974-75 season, Dave Schultz amassed 472 penalty minutes in 76 games. Nice. Which is the NHL record, and it's an average of 6.2 penalty minutes a game. <laughs> so, so, you know, I thought that was amazing, and then I started thinking, like, that's just the NHL record. And I remember, like, as a kid going to, you know, some of the minor league games and guys just fighting all the time. So I started looking into it, and in 1997-98, there was this player named Chad Wagner. He played for two teams in two different leagues that, that year. He played for the Las Vegas Thunder in the IHL and the San Diego Gulls in the West Coast Hockey League. And Wagner, in 56 games, amassed 649 penalty minutes, <laughs> <laughs> which is an average of 11.5 penalty minutes a game. Gosh, people must have like he was it. never was he ever even on the ice? <laughs> yeah, because like he probably didn't play the whole entire game. I mean, was he that good that they wanted him playing all that time? Or I uh, mean, I can't imagine. I mean, he had a long career, but you know, a lot of those guys had long careers. It, and I mean, back in the '90s, there was a, you know, there was a spot on the, on the roster for a, a guy that could fight. You know, he's there to protect your good player, yeah. um, to kind of just be like the policeman, so nobody would mess with your your star player. I mean, like the Red Wings had Bob Probert. Who's probably the most famous uh, enforcer? But yeah, eleven and a half penalty minutes a game. Yeah, leave it to a guy named Chad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> oh, man. So wait, I, I, yeah, I'm very limited on my knowledge of hockey. Like I enjoy watching hockey. My my knowledge and everything of that is not very high. And I mean, Brandon is leaps and bounds ahead of me. But uh, who's the guy? I remember um, watching, I don't know if he was quote-unquote an enforcer, but was it Chakra or... Um, oh, you think it is Zdeno Shara? Shara, yeah. Yeah, the guy that was six foot nine defenseman. Yeah, was he uh, an enforcer or was he just a regular player? Oh, uh, he was kind of just a you know regular player. He was a good defender. Um, he would fight from time to time, but I mean, not many people would pick a fight with a guy who's six foot nine. <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of figured that. I remember playing uh, the, 
one of the NHL hockey games, and he was just so huge on the floor or on the ice. <laughs> yeah, I think they said like he was he's six nine, but when he had skates on, he was like six eleven or something like that. Man, I I have a hard enough time with coordination being six three with things like <laughs> skates, rollerblades. Skiing's not bad, but like snowboarding, skateboarding, man, I couldn't imagine. So he he apparently was pretty coordinated. Mm-hmm. Well, he was from the either the Czech Republic or Slovakia, and hockey's like the number one sport over there. So yeah. probably started skating at a really young age. True, true. Well, there you go. That's uh, one of those stats out there that you're probably never going to see broken. Oh no, that that'll never be broken. You know, neither Dave Schultz, Schultz's number or um, Wagner's number. Neither one of those is gonna, ever going to be touched. <laughs> nice, very nice. All those things that come to mind then when you think of prop betting. <laughs> right, man. If that was around in a bigger back in the '90s and '80s when there was an enforcer on every team, you know, that definitely would have been a been something you could bet on. Nice. All right. Well, moving right along, that then brings us to. Our rock moment of the week. And so this will bring us to the world of Michigan football. And I imagine that many have probably heard, but just in case you have not, there was big news for Michigan football this past week as J.J. McCarthy, uh, their top quarterback target, um, committed and he is the class of uh, 2021. And he committed on his follow-up visit to Michigan. Uh, and he's got everybody's attention. I'm just as a refresher to the new people who might be listening. I pay attention to recruiting, but I don't pay attention to recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I feel like there's a different levels. There's like Craig who's super into it and he's very knowledgeable about recruiting. Mm-hmm. And then there's you where, you know, you, you know, the bigger names you, you know, follow who we, we get, um, but you're not like super invested in it. And then there's me that's just like, you know, I might've heard of a guy, Yeah, <laughs> but most of the time I'm just like, uh, I don't really know anything about recruiting. <laughs> Yeah, the time that interests me the most is um, commitment, uh, the letter season, like yeah. when they're getting ready to sign their letters, because sometimes a little shuffling goes around. And so I like to pay attention to what happens. But things can change so drastically, as anybody who pays attention to recruiting notices, that people will decommit all the time. And that's just part of the way that it is. But yeah, McCarthy was a big one, and there was a lot of reaction to it. Um they're talking about his talent. Um, his size obviously is good. Pro style uh, works well with the system. Um, and he's got a 76 completion percentage uh, nice. for when uh, he was a sophomore, which he threw over 3,400 yards and 37 touchdowns with just four interceptions. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was... Um, uh, thirteen and one record with uh, class seven A 
state championship. So pretty impressive. Um, definitely just somebody to add to the list of quarterbacks. Uh, he coming out of uh, Il- the state of Illinois, by the way. And, you know, the recent news of Brandon Peters leaving, it's going to kind of be a constant shuffle with quarterbacks, you know, fighting for starting position and everything. I mean, honestly, with any position, uh, as we've seen different people going to the transfer portal, but that is the latest, greatest news in Michigan football recruiting. So for those of you who did not know, now you know. And uh, if you're excited about recruiting or if you're into college football recruiting, I'm sure you are as geeked as Craig probably is about that. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's pumped up right now. I didn't get a chance to talk to him about it today. Yeah, I saw some of his tweets, but I haven't chatted with him directly on it. But yeah, they, I mean, there was Twitter. Michigan Twitter was full of it on that day and just tweets everywhere. So, but uh, we'll continue. Continue if I can speak correctly and move along. All right, so we like to um, during the off season uh, talk about a bunch of different topics, things like that. So we kind of split things up. We've got two topics that we'll uh, we usually touch on for each episode, uh, and this week. We're finding ourselves in the genre of TV shows. Mm-hmm. And Brandon and I have known each other for a long time. always just have lots of different conversations with people and each other about just different things in uh, movies, TV shows, culture, um, all sorts of subgenres and things like that. And an interesting thing that we've been talking about recently is uh, favorite side characters from TV shows. Because, honestly, sometimes the side characters can make or break a TV show. Um, and Sometimes they can pretty much steal a TV show. Yeah, exactly. And even when you go back even further, uh, I, I'm reminded of this. I did not watch the show way back when, but uh, my wife watches a bunch of different things on Netflix. But you think about it, and I'm trying to think of other instances where this happened, and I'm... Uh, Brandon, maybe you can um, elaborate on this if you think of anything. <clears throat> but even when you think of the show Cheers and then shows that break off from another show mm-hmm. and Frasier came from Cheers. Yeah. Um, so I, I was trying to think of other things that had success like that. Now, I know there have been a lot of shows that have come off of other ones. Like there was How I Met Your Mother and then there was like How I Met Your Father or something that was around for like two minutes. Oh my so, gosh, I forgot about that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that, um, that do you was... remember that 80s show? Which one? That 80s show. Oh, no, but I remember you bringing it up. Yep, that was a, a spinoff, obviously, of that 70s show. Uh, it didn't have any of the same characters on it. It just, you know, it was just like a fresh show. It was a little before its time, I guess, before the big 80s craze. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how that works because obviously, I mean, um, the success that the character Frazier had and then took it and moved moved it on and everything. Um, But we're not necessarily talking about there has to be a show that has broken off from a side character, but there are interesting ones 
that you might not think of that really made a show. Um, I think one that both of us obviously are very familiar with, The Office, had a slew of side characters, but there are definitely a couple that um, Brandon brings up. And I never really thought of side characters too much when it comes to shows. I mean, they're, they're the staple ones, you know, the ones that you see, you know, almost every episode, things like that. But then there are the other more off on the side that appear maybe every season that have a bigger impact than you think. And uh, I know that there are two. I don't know if you'll be thinking of the two specific ones, but there were a couple that were from the office that you've made good arguments on how they really brought an, a really great element to the office TV show. Do you know which um, one? To? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Was one of them Jan Levinson? Yeah, you always talk about Jan. <laughs> yeah, everybody kind of sleeps on on Jan. Um, well, I, I don't no, know. She just she, she's that kind um, of person. <laughs> ah, but not. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, just her character just went so well with the wackiness of Michael. I guess she kind of just played like the straight man. <laughs> to Michael's craziness, yeah, and um, I mean, as the show went on, you learned more and more about Jan and how she's basically just she's mentally unstable. Uh, the epi- my favorite episode, the dinner party, you kind of see that. Oh yeah, that uh, that's like one of the best episodes out there for the show. But that one definitely pairs their personalities up together <laughs> just perfectly. Yep, totally. Uh, and I think the other one that we were talking about was uh, Robert California. Yeah, that was that was the one that kind of, you know, when we started talking about it, I was just like, eh, I don't know. But then it the more you think about it, the more I'm just like, yeah, you know, I mean, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, um, I mean, he's played by James Spader and, you know, it's just James Spader doing what he does the best. He just plays an, an arrogant, uh, rich guy who is just from hearing him talk like you could tell he's like a genius but he's also kind of like an evil genius and he's like a master manipulator and he's good at like playing people against each other you know at first when i watched it i I didn't care too much for that character but um after repeated viewings i've come to appreciate him more yeah yeah And and that was the thing too when i watched it the first time i totally you you learned to hate the guy Mm-hmm. But um, it was it was kind of interesting the more you watch it because then there were I mean it, it was one of those people that I felt he could almost do anything and it would be okay because he was one of those characters that could do almost that they could just have do anything right so it was um it was fun and entertaining even with how frustrating it was um. Like, uh, I know I'm getting out of this subject of uh, TV shows, but even sometimes you appreciate the people that you hate from a TV show. Um, Because there was a movie, Swimming with Sharks, with Kevin Spacey. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was early on, somebody I know hadn't seen a lot of Kevin Spacey movies, but they hated Kevin Spacey. I mean, of course, there's all this new stuff in recent years, but they hated Kevin Spacey because of what he was in a movie. 
And that's just kind of how certain characters can be in TV shows. But then you go back and you understand what they did and the dynamic they they brought to the show. So, mm-hmm. and that's actually a pretty good comparison because um, the characters that James uh, Spader plays on shows are really really similar to um, you know the the kind of characters that Spacey would play. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, that would be seems correct. So. Um, I have one that I'll bring up. I mean, we already kind of brought up the show, so it seems appropriate to bring it up. But I, I feel like it would be very interesting to think about what the show would be without a, without a character and what how I met your mother would be like without Barney Simpson. Yeah, that's a... It's a good question. I mean, he's um, one of the main characters, but he's definitely mm-hmm. not the main character. So he fits into that side genre or side context. Right. And he's he's always the one kind of doing the crazy stuff. So, uh, you know, kind of similar to how Kramer was on Seinfeld. Yes. Or, you yeah. know, he wasn't the main character, but he was a he was a, he was a lead supporting character, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. Um, and, you know, it became a kind of a fan favorite just because of the wacky things that he did. You know, the characters are two completely different characters, but just how they, they fit within the show and their role within the show. Yeah, absolutely. So did you have anybody else that you uh, specifically wanted to bring up? Because I've got a couple, but. Um, I'm, you know, I've got some of my obvious ones. Like we both talked about Ron Swanson before. Yeah, he was on Parks my and list. Recreation, how much we love Ron. Uh, well, George almost... Costanza is another one of mine. Oh yeah. Oh, what I was going to say. I was going to say with some of them, you almost kind of get deceived at a certain point where you th- almost feel like they are the main character, or like yeah. basically on the same playing field. Yeah, and uh, I mean a good example of that is Urkel. Like I don't uh... know if you ever watched like the first couple seasons of Family Matters, but Urkel's barely even on the first season. He's just the wacky neighbor kid. And like, I guess Urkel mania blew up there in the late eighties, early nineties. And, you know, he became such a recognizable and memorable character that he pretty much became the main focus of the show. Did I do that? (laughs) Got any cheese? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. The thing that I always think of when it comes to Urkel is um, when they talked about him in New Girl, because my wife watches that show a lot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But then you said Costanza? Yeah, I think, well, I've mentioned before, I don't know if it was on a show or just to you, but my favorite uh, TV show character is George Costanza. Um. Just the the stupid situations he gets himself in, and all his little quirks, and you know all his little weird personality traits, which are they're actually he was Seinfeld was written by Larry David, who writes, acts, and um, produces Curb uh, Your Enthusiasm. Okay, and apparently Larry said that he based the George Costanza character off himself. And if you watch some of Curb Your Enthusiasm, you can kind of see it because he'll because he focuses on on these little tiny aspects of something 
and makes it a way bigger deal than it needs to be, and then everything just blows up in his face. It's just like George. Nice. But, um, you know, like we were saying about, about Urkel, I had a conversation with a friend of mine one time about how TV shows in the 80s and 90s always had, like, these wacky sidekicks. Uh-huh. And they they don't seem to have those anymore. You know, like how Full House had Kimmy Gibbler. Um, you know, Seinfeld had, had Kramer. He was the, the wacky, crazy guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you got some little more obscure ones, like uh, in Growing Pains, you had Boner. Um, <laughs> in, uh, you know, Perfect Strangers, you had Balky. I guess he's not so obscure, but you had Balky Bartakamoos. And, um, you know, the last one that comes to mind is uh, Family Ties had Skippy Handelman. Now, how is this the wacky neighbor? How would you clarify that? Are you talking like specifically it's a neighbor thing or just like that character who's kind of always there that just shows up? Um, uh, it's just kind of like a, a friend who's, you know, a little weird or something. You know how like uh, Will Smith had uh, jazz. OK, uh, yeah. you show up and it, it probably almost every episode. Um, maybe just like a couple here and there, but he was always just kind of the you know, kind of the dumb friend or someone that the, the one of the main characters could play off from. You know, kind of how Urkel got his start. Because um, thinking about that makes me think of Parks and Rec and either. Um... Oh crap! Uh... <laughs> What's John his... Ralphio. John Ralphio or uh, what's the um, treat yourself? I can't think of his name. Oh, um, Tom. Yeah. It's like Tom's <laughs> yeah, always there yeah. and then he's always doing something crazy, stupid, ridiculous. So I feel like it's in there, but it's not as um, they don't play off of it like they used to. Yeah. And they're they're more of like a it's kind of morphed into a character that's that's always kind of there doing stuff, not one that, you know, comes and goes, you know, like I mentioned with, with Skippy and uh, well, another one would be on Family Matters, Eddie's friend, uh, Waldo Faldo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember him. Home Improvement. Um, you know who I'm thinking of. The fence guy. Oh, Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, to a certain extent. I mean, he's yeah, just the little involved. the little side characters. It's like they don't seem to exist too much anymore. I guess they more like evolved, kind of mm-hmm. like how you mentioned with Tom Haverford. Yeah. No, it's uh, well. I mean, uh, yeah, it's kind of obvious that TV has uh, changed slightly through the years, but yeah. Well, uh, did you have some you wanted to mention? Because there were some other ones that. I definitely had to mention, so... Uh, another one of my favorite characters is uh, Charlie Kelly from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And oh, I guess yeah. he could be kind of considered one of those wacky, crazy characters as well. Um, every time he like gets excited or angry and his voice gets super high-pitched, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> and I mean, that's just Charlie Day in general. Anything he's in, mm. he's, he's pretty much the same character. But no, what do you get? Um, well, the, uh, it's kind of, uh, 
mixed bag and I've already kind of brought it up a little bit, but, uh, with the, I don't really know. I would still consider it a side character because it was, uh, he was there and then he left and, uh, came back and they brought him back to the show. But with the, uh, new girl show that, um, watched probably multiple times now with how much my wife watches it, but a uh, character kind of like coach where they like okay, ship him yeah. out and then they bring him back in. Um, coach was one of my, uh, more favorite ones. She always loves Schmidt. And I was just like, you realize if I acted like Schmidt, you would hate my guts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so. yeah, I always liked coach. I like, uh, Winston a lot too. Yeah, that was, uh, I always thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, he's good, but he's not, uh, he's usually not the one that comes up a lot in conversations. Right. I guess sometimes I appreciate more of the. Um, the unsung heroes, I guess, of the show. Yeah, kind of like with Winston and uh, Jan Levinson. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, going back to your conversation about like the the side ones that were kind of always there, hanging around, kind of went through the development and everything. Would you consider um, shoot uh, Gunther from Friends to fit in that category? Uh, I would say a little bit because he was always just kind of in the background before, yeah. you know, he might have a line here or there. And then he was just kind of like the random coworker that, you know, worked at the, that worked with Rachel at the coffee shop. And then, uh, you know, as the series went on, he, you know, he had a bigger role, I guess. Yeah. And he, he's definitely recognizable as a character. Now, uh, here's kind of an interesting thing, too, just because, first of all, we're talking about probably one of the most recognizable uh, shows. But with Friends, uh, of course, there's the main six. Who do you consider kind of the main side characters outside of that? The first one that comes to mind is uh, Michael, which is Phoebe's boyfriend, played by um, Ant-Man. Crap, what's his name? Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Thank you. (laughs) Um, but he's probably one of the bigger ones, and maybe that's just because he's around so much at the end, but that show always cycled through side characters all the time. Yeah, it did. There was never anybody like main other than, um, maybe Ross and Monica's parents. Yeah. They show up quite a bit. Uh, Janice. Oh yeah. She's kind of reoccurring too. Like she shows up. God, I'm probably she's probably in like 20 episodes, I would think. Yeah, she's probably a really good one as maybe the longest, most consistent one. Uh, oh, uh, well, nah, she's not that much. I was about to say Joey uh, Estelle, Joey's uh, agent. Oh, yeah. It's Estelle. <laughs> Joey. Uh, just chain smoking all the time. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, other than that, I mean, there's ugly naked guy, but you never see him. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Greased up deaf guy. <laughs> yeah, man, I think the one that is probably there the longest and reoccurring has to be Gunther. Yeah. Because I think he was there at the very beginning. Yeah, I think so. Like the first season. Yeah. Uh... I love how we're uh, talking so much about uh, comedies and everything. Do we ever watch dramas? Not very often. Yeah. 
<laughs> outside of like maybe Breaking Bad or something like that. Yeah, which I'm uh, still watching right now, by the way. So going pretty good so far. I don't know if I'm. Uh, no, there are side characters and everything. But, yeah, they come and go so much in that show as well. Yeah, I think the most consistent one in that one, um, but I wouldn't say is really even all that interesting, um, is uh, Hank, his brother-in-law. Yeah, that's what I figured you were going to say, is Hank. Yeah. So, I mean, you can think of uh, other TV shows, like, I, I would have to argue going back to kind of the beginning where I was talking about Frasier, I would probably say uh, Roz was a significant one, but I'd still label her as a side character. Mm-hmm. Or even me, even maybe Niles. Yeah, true, because it's centered around Frasier. So. I mean, he's one of the main characters, but he's still, you know, just Frasier's brother. Yeah. A good one that's actually uh, in the drama uh, drama area. Crap. Can't think of his name. Um, did you ever watch House? Yeah. Uh, who's his Who's his best friend? Um, the uh, guy from Dead Poet Society. I might have to oh, look man. it up. You know who you know, I'm talking about. I've watched about. House uh, you know, more than a handful of times, but it's been a while. So I feel like he's got um, uh, an odd kind of name. Yeah, I can even picture his face, too, but I just... Robert Sean Leonard. Okay. There we go. So, because he's good. Because then when you think of a scenario like that, because for those of you who know the show House, you know, you've got that extreme character of House himself, and then you look to balance that with another character, and that's exactly exactly what they developed with... um, In the TV show, he's James Wilson. Um, okay. Yep. And that's what they exactly what they did with Wilson. And it's really interesting. Ah, oh, crap. What was it? Did we go? Did we go over this in film class, or um, what was it? Um, maybe it was some. Maybe I've done. I've taken some of those. Um, uh, personality. Nah, I wouldn't call it personality thing, but some of those communication things with my job. You know, you go mm-hmm. to a seminar for a day or something. And they, you know, assess, are you dominant? Are you whatever the other ones are? And they talk about how TV shows always focus on the including people from all of the different areas so that you can get the different intermingling of uh, communication and drama and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's a pretty good example there of where you put the two extremes in there to balance because then then if you're watching the show and if you don't like House then you might like James Wilson, um, and so you'll attract more people to watch the show and just a bunch of different elements that go into things like that. Kind of a funny thing um, if you're interested in seeing the guy who played James Wilson early in his career, he was in a horror comedy from the late '80s, I think. Called my best friend is a vampire. I I feel like I know that. Not that I've seen that movie, but that I know that movie. Yeah, it's actually pretty funny. Um, it's kind of like a buddy movie. It's like, uh, well, obviously from the title, my best friend's a vampire. But like, he turns into a vampire, and his friend has to like help him like cope with his new life and society and everything. 
Nice. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and how are we talking about wacky side characters that became like the focus of the show without mentioning Sheldon Cooper? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know. I, I kind of forgot. I have forgotten about that show because I haven't watched it in forever. Yeah, I've been watching it um, a little more often now because we, we have TBS, so they always show the reruns on there. Yeah. That's uh that's a good one to bring up. Um the uh so I guess kind of having this conversation and everything and before we move along to uh another topic the what would you take away as maybe since we've you've shared some I've shared some maybe your favorite or favorites out of the group? Um out of the group that we mentioned? Yeah, I know that we've talked about some that we already were planning on, but I've shared a few, you've shared a few. Uh, is there one or a couple that stick out the most? Uh, yeah, like I said before, um, you know, my favorite is, is George Costanza. Okay. I mean, he's probably always going to be my favorite just because of some of the episodes um, of Seinfeld and the things that he did in it. Uh, there's not going to be really much that, that tops what George did. And just how great... Uh, Jason Alexander was with that character. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty iconic. Well, the show itself was iconic, but then uh, even his uh, performance was mm-hmm. very uh, recognizable. Nah, I'm not going for iconic, but yeah, very. Uh, he had a strong part in all of that. In one of yeah, the and I believe he, he won some awards too as... Uh, playing George Costanza. Nice. Yeah, I think what I kind of have to go back to, and I I feel like it's a little bit of a, I don't want to use it as a crutch, but it is what it is. Um, I I did not watch the show when it was live. I went back and I watched it later. It was one of those things that everybody's like, oh, you need to watch this. And you kind of have to plow through at the beginning. But uh, Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec was just like spot on. Great character for that show. Um, just nailed it. And yeah, especially with some things that you see people talking about with shows currently, um, it's great when they can do a good job of character consistency. Mm -hmm. Cause I I think there's nothing worse than when a character does something outside of their personality and there's no understanding as to why, but Mm -hmm. Ron was one of those that was just spot on all the way through. Yeah, he was. You I mean he was who he was right from the beginning? And yeah, I like there were a couple really times changed. where he, had, he adjusted, like when he dated and things like that. But there was, there was a meaning and understanding to it, and it's not like he flipped a switch and was completely different. I've just seen some things recently uh, about shows that I'm not watching, uh, where people are getting upset about some things happening and out of character and blah blah blah. And I, there have been some too that I've seen, but. Nothing yeah, and I know I've mentioned on Twitter before how uh, Eric Matthews completely changes in Boy Meets World, and yeah. how he's kind of like the cool older brother who's got like, um, like little bits of wisdom to share with Corey, and then you know later on he just becomes like a bumbling idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's kind of surprising too when you go back and you notice things you didn't notice mm-hmm. the first time. So. But yeah, those those are some of our thoughts. By all means, um, 
for anybody listening, feel free to share some of your thoughts. I know that there will be some things that people think of that uh, we didn't, or I mean, we're not versed in all the TV shows. So there'll be some things that you're uh, familiar with that we aren't. So feel free to uh, tweet, uh, talk on the Facebook page, or uh, call into the voicemail and share thoughts. Uh, anything else, Brandon, before we move along? No, I don't think so. I don't think we spent enough time on it. Yeah, I think we did pretty good. All right, moving along. Okay, into the sports world we go. Here we are on a Monday, and I feel like this is probably maybe uh, one of the most Mondays of Mondays where (laughs) you just kind of get slapped in the face. And uh, I honestly thought that this was a joke. I I honestly, when I saw it, thought that this was a joke. Um, Because I saw something on Twitter. It was the first thing when I opened Twitter uh, that came up. And I was just like, okay, this is stupid. Thanks, people, for trying to ruin Monday. But then uh, a little bit later on, I saw a little bit more. And I also got a notification from my ESPN app, which is insane. Because I don't even know how that notification got set up. (laughs) Um, But it is true that John Beeline, the former head coach for Michigan men's basketball, has accepted an offer to be the head coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers, which I don't know what's the bigger fail, losing him or realizing that he's going to be coaching the Cavaliers. So before we get into the conversation, a little bit of information for by the numbers uh john beeline at michigan had 278 wins nine ncaa tournament appearances two final four appearances two regular season big 10 titles and then two big 10 tournament titles and 18 all big 10 selections and nine nba draft picks so <clears throat> it's very shocking to me because well I think it's shocking to a ton of people because there was no talks of it anywhere and then all of a sudden it was done a done deal. So mm-hmm. what's um I guess just initial reactions what what have been your thoughts or what are your thoughts currently, Brandon? Just kind of curious. Um, dude, I was as surprised as you. I, you know, I thought it was a joke as well, or I thought it was just people talking, you know, like, Oh, what if beeline left Michigan to, to the, go to the NBA. Um, I didn't really see that happening. And, you know, when I saw it on Twitter, like, I was just like, really? Like that came out of nowhere. I don't even remember. Like, any serious talks about it. I, I remember he was rumored to be one of the finalists for the Pistons job. Yeah. Last year. But yeah, last year, but I didn't hear anything about this year. And you know, I was just like stunned. And you know, when it happened, because we were talking earlier, like, what are we gonna do for our topic for the show? And as soon as I read that, I remember messaging you and I was just like, Yeah, I think we have our topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like done. <laughs> Type it up. Zing. There we go. 
Uh, yeah, that was it. Was kind of funny how it landed that way because we were talking a little bit over the weekend on what we were gonna do for topics because it's a little bit of free reign during this time of year usually. And lo and behold, wait one day and this lands in our lap. So yeah, it's um, I mean, I don't think there's any. Uh, well, of course, there's always going to be some dumb people out there, but I think everyone's just basically wishing him the best uh, from what I understand. Uh, there were a couple people who talked to me and they were just like, oh, man, you know, we're are, should we be worried about there being, you know, NCAA uh, allegations and things like that against Michigan? Is that why he's leaving so suddenly? Um, I from what I personally feel and then some of the things that i've read around from some of the writers i don't think there's any of that to worry about um because that's some of the biggest stuff that people have always said for years and years with beeline is his character and he uh does things by the book uh an interesting thing that was put out there um was that people feel like and i can't remember who put it out there but it was from a you know a credible source but people feel like he's done kind of as much as he can with what he has and with the state of college basketball where it's at right now with all the allegations and things going on with all the stuff about people you know illegally recruiting players and the ways that they do that beeline may may have felt that he can't do any better considering that he's doing it by the book right yeah and, i can kind of see that yeah and that the he's always had an interest in the nba so it's one of those things where it kind of lines up where it's just like well if it's going to happen now is kind of really the only time to do it because let's face it he's not getting any younger and uh and if if that really is the case i i can't blame him i mean it makes sense because it it is what it is with college basketball. I mean, there's proof of it going around and they're digging into information and thing, things like that it is rather interesting how it's the Cavaliers job. And this has been something that's kind of been tossed around with Izzo's name in the past. I don't know how many years. And then it winds up being beeline that goes there, but yeah, this is where we find ourselves. So, yeah, now we got to think about you know, how they're going to replace him. Who's going to be the new coach? Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm not going to speculate too much because honestly, I, I don't really know the world of basketball coaches for the up and comers. I mean, I know the people who are doing really well, but you're not going to be taking any of the coaches from the already established places. Right. So you're going to be looking at maybe uh, an NBA coach that's on his uh, on his way out or uh, an up and coming coach, which, like I said, I don't really have that great of knowledge uh, on. So I don't really have names to put out there with it. Um, some people have said the suggestion of keeping the staff as it currently is and just promoting from within and, you know, keeping the crap. What's the specific word I'm looking for? The brand of basketball that they have, the 
program style that they have, keep, the system, there we go, the type okay. of system that they have, keeping the same system because that's what the team has been built around. And then maybe, you know, looking around in the future, kind of maybe a one-year transition. I don't know. I've, I don't know if I've ever really heard of that. But one name that I've seen thrown around, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'll have to look it up. But wasn't it Brandon Stevens? Yeah, that uh, sounds about right. From uh, the Celtics, mm-hmm. who used to be at uh, – oh, Brad, Brad Stevens. I'm sorry. Who used to be a butler. So yeah. um, I – I guess. I don't know. I mean, with him coming from Butler, it seems like that would be a place that you wouldn't really have to worry about a coach maybe doing things in a shady way because I don't really see that happening at Butler. But basketball, there's a reason why when we did the podcast that was focused around Michigan football because while we love basketball, appreciate basketball, enjoy the uh, basketball season and the team and everything, it's definitely not area of expertise by anyone who's been on the show Mm-hmm. So we don't dive too deep into it. Uh, so I can imagine, Brandon, you probably, I mean, unless you've seen some things on social media, you don't have anyone that you think really sticks out as a potential or. No, not really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know many basketball coaches, I guess. Um, with college basketball, the only time I ever really watch it, you know, if I'm at home and I'm flipping through and I see Michigan games on, you know, I'll sit and watch it. Uh, you know, during a Big Ten tournament, I, I'll typically watch a Michigan game. But, you know, I really get into it in March Madness. But, I mean, outside of that, you know, I don't really follow college basketball too much. And I don't watch the NBA at all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, at some of the things that people, other people have posted. So, honestly, I'm going to say some names here, and I honestly have no idea if these are laughable suggestions or not. Uh, there is the um, conversation around promoting an assistant. Uh, there's actually even a uh, conversation around Jordan, the current Butler head coach. Okay. Um, who apparently was an assistant with uh, Beeline at one point. Um, they're talking about, ironically enough, the Texas Tech head coach. Um, yeah, I saw I saw people posted about that. Yeah, I don't know if that's um, just because of you know that the fact that he beat Michigan or not. Like I said, that could be one of those weird ones. Um, something that they're throwing out here. This is a list thrown together. Oh, from Anthony Broom um, for the uh, SB Nation. Uh, Talking about the Loyola Chicago head coach, which people will okay. be familiar with that from not this past tournament, but the year before, I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Um, they've got a couple then assistant coaches here, which, you know, that uh, nobody's going to probably be too familiar with those names. But then you've got uh, Brad Stevens is on this list. Uh, Tony Bennett, who's Virginia head coach. I don't really see him being pulled away from a team that he just won the national title with, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that either. Yeah. So, that, I mean, like I said, there are a couple of names in there that I don't recognize. and But I threw those out there. 
just because people are saying some things about that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's really uh, thinking too straight right now because it's still kind of shell shock. It's unfortunate. I mean, wish the guy the best and a complete, especially if the guy has just ever wanted to take a shot at the NBA. I mean, it makes sense um, at where he's at in the stage of things, but especially if he's looking at it uh, and considering the things that we already talked about that some people brought up on, you know, college football or college football, college basketball is the state that it is in. And there are those programs that are, you know, doing some shady stuff and it's difficult to compete when you're going up against people who have, a distinct advantage. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but wish yeah, I mean, I'm never going to, I'm never going to fault a guy for, uh, moving on to do something he's always wanted to do or to take, uh, you know, a bigger paycheck. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And at the end, it's all business. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I don't know people. Yeah. Well, no, we won't, I won't go into the money thing, but anyways, so I don't I won't say that I will be rooting for Cleveland, but I will probably <laughs> be paying more attention this year just to see kind of how he does at the NBA level. So it'll be kind of yeah. interesting. So Yeah. Some people yeah, there was some weird stuff out there, but we don't really need to get into it because it'll start an even longer conversation. But if anybody has any thoughts, uh any coaches that they think would be good to consider. Uh, for Michigan's consideration, by all means, feel free to call, leave a voicemail, tweet us, any of that stuff. We'll bring it up. We will talk about it. So, and then we find ourselves Garbage Day! Here for the Garbage Day. So, Garbage Day, Garbage Play of the Week. Sports, non-sports related, anything that is just absolute trash. What do we have, Brandon, for this week? <laughs> well, we're going to stay in the world of basketball here. Um, I actually saw this you know, a little bit earlier today. Uh, did you see Steph Curry's attempted dunk versus the Rockets, where he got stuffed by the rim? Yes. <laughs> it's like that rim was Dikembe Mutombo. Yeah, <laughs> just shut him down. Uh, it was pretty hilarious. You know, makes a makes a great quick move on uh, on his defender, gets right in there, goes up for the dunk, and it looks like it's going to be an easy bucket, and he just gets stuffed by the front of the rim. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, he was pretty wide open. There's nothing really that was standing in his way, and it was just like that's one of those things. And uh, he's definitely a better shooter than he is a dunker. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and he's pretty. Uh, I can't remember how tiny he is, but he's still pretty tiny as it is. So I, I think he's only like six foot tall. Yeah, maybe next time he'll go for the layup. So <laughs> that might be the smart move. Yeah, but we'll be uh, seeing how things progress with the uh, NBA Finals as the Warriors move on past the Rockets. So, all right, then that will bring us to our two-minute drill. Where we throw as much um, sports, well, actually non-sports, I always forget that. Sports or non-sports, anything that's happened in last week, and we throw it at you in here, our two-minute drill at the end of the show. So here we go. 
Uh, Michigan football has an impact with their trip to South Africa as they have returned and the popular stance from recruits is that had a positive impact on them and their thoughts on Michigan. Brandon, go. Uh, The XFL announced that they will play their games on ABC, ESPN, Fox, and FS1 starting in February. Caleb. All right, so back to Michigan football. Another movement in the transfer portal as defensive back Benjamin St. Just has entered and will be leaving the Michigan football program. Brandon. Uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, hit a last-second buzzer beater that pushes uh, the Raptors to the semifinals versus the Bucks. Caleb. All right, and staying in the world of football, for those of you who may not have heard, the ever-popular name of Zach Smith from uh, former Ohio State assistant football coach has resurfaced as he was arrested Thursday for allegedly violating a protection order so he is definitely making things look better for him as time progresses. Sarcasm. Brandon. Uh, actually, the other day, former Lions defensive coordinator Gunther Cunningham passed away at 72 years old. And in other news, former New York Nick and current Maverick Kristaps Porzingis was in a fight in a bar in Latvia. Uh, he got in a fight with a few Russian men. Not sure what the whole skirmish was about, but he was seen with a bloody face leaving the bar. All yeah. right. Well, apparently they do things differently, or well, they—I don't know if I would say they do things differently over there, but that definitely does seem rather intense. So, that's it for our two-minute drill. That would—was uh, there any like cell phone footage or anything from that? Or, um, I saw, yeah, I saw like some pictures that somebody took on their phone. I, I believe it was on their phone that surfaced on TMZ of course. Oh yeah. Leave it. Yeah, if TMZ. you look it up, you'll you'll see the story. Yeah. <clears throat> go go figure. So well, uh that brings us then to the end of things as uh we leave off with our question of the week. And so with the uh different things that we talked about, by all means, uh feel free to contact or uh us by any of um <clears throat> any way that you want to whether it's voicemail, uh, Twitter, even email, uh, and share thoughts on anything that we've covered. But we do always have a question of the week, which for this week, since the big topic was John Beeline and his surprise or unexpected departure from the program, uh, we do want to talk about that kind of topic in general. So uh, thinking about it, and uh, through any any sport, any kind of thing of that nature, what coach leaving what program has hit you the hardest? Um, has just like you know bugged you the most or been the most disappointed? I mean, not like I mean you know everybody's disappointed that John Beeline's leaving, but it's no ill will to him. So uh, which one, which coach leaving what program has hit you the hardest? That's, that's our question. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can hit us up at uh, 258-551-258-3276. Uh, that's easy to remember. That's 551-BLUE-BRO. And uh, share your thoughts. You can hit us up on Twitter. Our email is... Blue Brothers Sportscast at gmail.com. 
And uh, yeah, we'd love to get hear your thoughts or feedback, or even tell us who you think would be an appropriate replacement for John Beeline. So, any anything else before we cut things off? Uh, the only thing I can think of is uh, keep a lookout on Twitter. We got a, a tournament going on right now for uh, the most popular flavor of soft drink. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I think my my favorite to win the whole thing is going to be Mountain Dew. I don't think there's going to be anybody going to take out Mountain Dew. Yeah, I don't think so either. Dr. Pepper's still in the running, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, Dr. Pepper will probably make a deep run. Uh, if it was Michigan-only people, I would have to say Verner's would probably make it pretty far, which I know <laughs> last I saw Verner's was still alive. So Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. But, yeah, I'd probably default to Mountain Dew. So, but yeah, if you're if you're out there on Twitter, make sure to vote and share your thoughts on everything. And uh, we share – we have our Facebook page – and uh, we share different things on all the different platforms. We are also on Instagram where you can follow us there. So thanks, everybody, for hanging out and listening. We hope you all have a good weekend. As we said, we hope uh, everyone had a good Mother's Day and Mother's Day weekend. Uh, it was a sad Monday, but there's always things to look forward to. Um, maybe someday whenever football decides to come back. So with that, uh, we'll finish things off with Go Blue. Go Blue.